Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with your hosts, Emma Doyle and Simon Blair, coach for success in sport and business. G'day, everybody, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. My name's Emma Doyle, and I'm here with Vlado, who works on the tour. He's amazing. Um, read his bio in the show notes. We're going to get straight into it because we've got lots to cover during this Wimbledon season. Uh, the first question, I know you have been to Australia, uh, I'm sure a couple of times, but have you tried the Australian spread of Vegemite? Yes or no? No, unfortunately, no. Um, <laughs> I heard it's kind of Nutella of Australia, but uh, unfortunately I didn't try. <laughs> not yet, not yet. I'm sure you'll not be yet. back down under for the for the Aussie Open in the many years to come. You could either choose your best coaching moment and what were the lessons or your worst coaching moment and what were the lessons? Coaching for the last 20 years, so there was uh, a lot of good moments, a lot of bad moments. To pick up one, it would be unfair to maybe some of my players or or people they are, that I work with. So obviously I can say the one of the best moments was when uh, one of my players reached uh, semifinals of Roland Garros. And, uh, you know, I, I started with this girl when she was 17 years old and, and not uh, she didn't have too many supporters in the federation or in the management world. You know, she was a little bit small. And, uh, you know, I, I, I tried to help her when she was 17. She was 150 in the world. So to go from that place to the semifinals of Roland Garros was, was one of the best moments in my career. Uh, the worst moments, I must say, you know, uh, I could say that when, when uh, one of my players got injured in a very important, let's say, moment of, of, uh, of our relationship, you know, where we had some troubles, not... Uh, actually between me and the player, but between me and uh, uh, one of the, the uh, you know, the family members. And, you know, I was trying to put her on the right track. It was kind of same story. Uh, started to coach the girl when she was 400 in the world, 17 years old. And then in two years, she was already top 30. And, you know, the, the, there was too much interference from, from one of the members of the family in my job. And, and I knew that it's not good. And, and, you know, I put her back on the right track. She won her first WTA title and a couple of weeks later she got injured. So this was one of the worst moments of my, of my career. When we talk about the negatives of, of, of you know, the, the members of the family interfering in the coach's job, you know, you, you know, you cannot win against the family. And that was never my goal because my goal was to, to, to bring the players and help them to reach their potential. And I was really, myself, I was top 10 in the world juniors and, and, and our federation, they didn't help me when I was 18 years old. And it was kind of always my goal to, to help players when I saw that they have potential. And uh, first of all, they had the heart for tennis. So I was always looking for players where I could see that uh, they really loved the sport, you know, even maybe they were not the biggest talents or uh, I would say not, uh, you know, not many people were giving them chance to even break top 100. And actually, I took two players I took to, to top 20 and, and people were not, you know, like the, how do you, say, how do you call it? The managers, the, the tennis uh, world, they didn't even expect them to be top 100. So, so this was always my goal. And, uh, and it's very difficult, like you say, to deal with it because after you work with somebody two, three years and then, you know, do you see that the, the, the family is, uh, you know, pushing the player the wrong way and unnecessary interfering where I never, never in my life, I would push uh, a family member or, or parents away from the court. They were always welcome to come to practices. I was always feeling, you know, uh, you know, to, 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 to have a, a team and the team is uh, the parents, the, you know, the, the coach, the fitness coach, the physio. Whoever was involved in the close group uh, with the, with the player was always important for me because I know how how difficult it is to to get to top twenty, top ten, winning Grand Slams, you know. So so this is a little bit like you said the the, the disappointment then that I, I had in my career and and it's very unfortunate because these girls then you know after after actually I had to stop they they dropped in their rankings and there was a lot of excuses injury and. And, 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 and meant, let's say, 
you know, mental. They didn't make it mentally because it was too much pressure. For me, it's 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 not uh, it's not uh, not uh, uh, let's say the truth because, like I said, they were with 19 years old. They were top 20, and we worked three years. Uh, you know, with both of the girls, I was working for three years, and I really liked to work with them. They were really, really, really listening and working, and and it was a good relationship, healthy relationship, and. Uh, like I said, this is unfortunate, but I see this in tennis happening many times, and uh, and I understand it because everybody wants to get better, and 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 uh, also the parents they speculate, and maybe we can get a better coach, and maybe the new coach can teach something special. But for me, you know, when you take somebody three years uh, from nowhere to top twenty in the world, you know, you have to give some credit to the coach first of all, and second of all, even if you want to learn something new. You can discuss with the coach because the coach gives you stability. If, if you work with 17 years, 18 years, 19 years, very important age uh, with the coach who gives you, uh, let's say, good base. And, 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 and what I was trying to do, I was trying to, to give them the right direction because obviously everybody's different. One player is more offensive. The other one is more defensive. Uh, different somatotypes, you know, bigger girls, smaller girls. So, so I was trying to give them the, the right direction. And if you go to top 20 with 19 years old, I think, you know, I did a good job. But the most important is the, to have the stability, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I was trying to build, uh, the stability for the players to have a plan A, B, C, even they had the A plan with their game. I, I always developed a couple of other, let's say, games or tactics or, or options for the player that even when the A game was not working, they were able to win with the game B or C. So what I want to say is that when you see the top players, they're barely uh, firing the coach, uh, which stay with them and, and develop them to top 20, top 10. What they do and what I agree on is to maybe add somebody to the team, you know, like uh, like uh, Djokovic is, uh, you know, uh, doing with Ivan Ishevic or, uh, you know what I mean. So. Yeah. This is this is important because somebody who who you work for three, four, five years, this person knows you. I know when when the girls they woke up and when I saw them in the breakfast, I I, I knew how they feel. I I knew what day is gonna be, you know, with them. And 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 uh, this is the most important because you need to feel the player. And that's mm -hmm. maybe it's gonna be your next question because I was following your podcast and. And that's uh, what I think is very important that the coach really is empathic uh, to the to the player and and uh, is thinking more for the player than than for for himself. Yes, yeah, yeah. He or she, of course, for our female coaches out there as well. The one before the one you're thinking is the sliding doors question. I had a lot of bumps in my life because my father was a very strict strict father. He was the crazy kind of parent, you know. So so it was not easy. All my life, I was in the national team of Czechoslovakia because before it was Czechoslovakia and then obviously Czechoslovakia split with Slovakia. But I must say that we had very good program uh, of learning and, and concept in Czechoslovakia in the communist times. That's why we had so many good players like Navratilova, Lendl, Korda and many others, Novotna and so on and so on. So, so people who follow tennis, they know how many top 10, top 20 players we had from Czechoslovakia. And it was because we had very good concept at that time and then I was very unfortunate. This was the first turn when uh, when uh, the federation decided not to help me, or maybe it was the whole generation. Because actually, you have to imagine we are five million people country, and uh, me and uh, one more one more friend of mine, we were top ten in the world juniors with Mark Filipusis and Gustavo Curten and 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 Lapenti and all these guys. And uh, the federation decided to not help us both, and and you know we end up playing challengers and futures and traveling alone 30 weeks a year and you know it's not it was not possible to 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 let's say reach higher rankings this way so the turning point was when i got offered to 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 coach a girl when i was 24 years old and it was a sponsor from austria he was sponsoring a slovak girl she was ranked 180 in the world and and uh, he wanted to help me actually because he knew how difficult is the life uh, on on the futures and he said, like, if you decide to stop, you know, I would like you to help this young girl. So 
I took the job and, and that's how everything started. I, I went to actually uh, do a university to, to get a the diploma, coaching diploma, the highest degree in Slovakia. And, and I took the girl from 180 to 70. And that's how all started because, like I said, I'm not from the country like Australia or, or England or USA, you know, so we are a small country. And my goal was, first of all, to, 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 to really reach the potential of the player. And second of all, you know, I, I wanted to present myself with the results, you know, that I do. And, and I knew that if I do a good job with the player and whatever happens, then I get another job. And this was the, the, the thing that I had uh, through, throughout the 20 years. I had a couple of players, but mo most of them I, I, I was able to improve dramatically. And uh, yeah, that's the way. That's the way that I was thinking. So yeah. these, are the, these are the important moments of my life. Mm -hmm. Great turning point. Thank you for sharing. The next question is in one to a maximum of three words or three qualities. What do you think makes a great coach? Yes, that's what I was meaning before yeah. when we talked. So definitely uh, the empathy, you know, mm -hmm. because you really need to feel your player. Not only, not only, uh, let's say, uh, mentally but also physically you know you need to know the player you need to know the player limits physical psych um, psychological and you need to develop him and you need, you need to feel him because i say always that a good coach goes on the edge you know in fitness in uh, in mental preparation and there is a certain edge if you cross the edge you fall but if you don't go on the edge it's not enough not enough development not enough pushing and then the player is weak. So this is the quality of the coach to be empathic and, and feel the player and feel the situation. The second, of course, is the passion because, you know, to travel 30 weeks a year and, and, and be away from home and, and all this, you know, it's, it, it seems like a good life. But if you have family at home, kids, it's a, it's a, it's a big sacrifice. And then, of course, the, the knowledge, the knowledge that the, the coach should have uh, a good knowledge about uh, uh, psychology, good knowledge about anatomy, uh, good knowledge about uh, biomechanics uh, and, and development of the player. So this was also one of the things why I went to, to the university. And the second thing that I was really lucky because when I was a, a young player and we had this system in, in Czechoslovakia, we were learning uh, theory since we were 13 years old we had to write a, a diary uh, what time we wake up what uh, time we eat breakfast what do we do for warm-up what kind of exercises we did on the tennis court and then also we had special camps uh, a couple of years a year a couple of times per year where we have uh, you know one or one and a half hour theory every day and we had to do tests at the end of the camp and if you miss the test or if you didn't, you know, succeed with the test, they they would uh, uh, take you out of the national team for one or two months. You know, so it was really strict, but we had to learn. We had to really think about tennis. And at the end of, uh, of, of, uh, of all of this, you know, we were 18 years old and we, we knew a lot about tennis. And, and this is very important that. You know, this knowledge I'm able to, to bring to the player sometimes is even too much. Sometimes it's even too much knowledge and I have to be careful not to, to put a, too much information to, to the player because, like I said, it has to be step by step. But all, on, also, on the other hand, you don't have time because you need results. And when you see there is uh, some problem there, some problem there, you know, you, you, you are trying to help. And then uh, it may happen that it's too much information, but... Uh, Better too much than not enough. What's the one question that you always want to know more about? Uh, this is quite a, a difficult question, uh, but it's a very interesting question because I was very, very focused. The last 20 years, I was always focused on my player. I was never thinking too much about others. I must say that I had quite a good relationship with Richard Williams and, and we had a lot of good talks. And, and you know, the one thing he said, and, and I respect him so much because this guy developed two players, number one in the world. And I don't know any other coach who did that. And he, he answered my question, actually. And the question was, 
you know, like uh, how to how to develop a player, what are the m- most important things to develop a player? And he told me it's the education. And, uh, and he answered my question. So I don't really have questions. And this is what I think the most important nowadays that the life is very hectic, very fast, very fast because of the mobile phones and, and, and internet. And you get a lot of information, but you know, not all the information are important for the player. And I think because of all this infor- information and, 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 and uh, I would say distractions, uh, they are not able to learn actually about their sport and not willing to learn about their sport and it's holding them back. And that's why I must, I must really say that he answered my question because the education from the parents from the very young age is very important. And that's what he said. There was no practice before the homework was done for Serena and Venus. And I, I, I would like to, to, to tell all the parents to, to be very careful. And, and if they even want to play good tennis or they want their kids to play good tennis, it's starting all in a very young age and, and, and you know, to give them the right education and, the, and to value the education. Because if you want to be a good doctor, you need to go to school. It's not enough, you know, to, have a, to be a good surgeon and, and, and you know, n- not have shaky hands and cut the people. But you have to have the theory, you know, if you want to be a good doctor. So I also think that the good tennis player, it's not about just hitting balls, but it's also learning about their sport, which mm-hmm. I, like I said, I have done this with many players. I was giving them homeworks and, 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 and I, I just want to say that it was not too much, but here and there, you know, I just wanted to, to let's say, the player to, to really think what, what we are doing on the court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, great question. Well, look, that concludes the official part of the uh, the coaching podcast. But if I may, I'd love to now just ask you um, some some other questions that relate to parenting and coaching, if I may. Is, is that cool with you? No problem. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, if we can wind the clock back, I mean, you mentioned uh, that your dad was really tough on you. So if we could maybe start with there i'd love i know that you're a dad now to um to a player up and coming uh, player what what's something that you uh, do differently like what what were the best parts of maybe your dad being tough on you and also what how are you going to be different um to maybe the way that he he was with you with your daughter are you coaching her as well yeah well i mean that's the the the, the hard part because i'm traveling the last 20 years 30 weeks a year like I said, I, I was taking my job very seriously. And, and like I said, this, this passion and this, uh, I don't know, this craziness to, to help the player to achieve something as a coach, you know, it takes, uh, you know, a toll on, on, on my family. And uh, I was not able to, I'm not able to, to help my, my daughter the way I would like to. But obviously when I'm home and, and, and I'm trying to, to, to educate her, this is the, the difference that, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough, uh, you know, what I'm going to say now. But when I was young, uh, you know, my father was very tough on me. And, you know, he was not explaining to me why I'm running three kilometers or, you know, why I have to do this or that. You know, if it was just simple. When I didn't do it, I got beaten. And this is the main difference that, you know, I'm trying to be tough on my daughter, you know. I'm trying to to tell her, you know, sorry, you need to push, you need to push, you need to go on your limits, but this is why you are doing it. You know, it's not like, you know, I don't want to push you. It's for you. It's she likes tennis. That's the, the, the good thing that I don't have to really like push her. You know, she, I, I'm explaining to her and I'm telling her, you know, her daughter is Ella and I'm telling her Ella tennis is very difficult, but any, any, any job, if you want the best of the world is going to be tough. You know, it's, you have, it's going to be a lot of learning. It's going to be a lot of uh, whatever sport you do. It's going to be a lot of practicing. So whatever you want to be best in the world is, is difficult, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to choose if you are willing to work hard. Obviously, you know, if you have a good team, they can teach you, they can, uh, they can educate you. So this is the, the main difference that I'm not trying to push my daughter. I'm trying to educate her. Uh, I'm trying to do it professionally and uh, well that's that's what I want to do for the next uh, couple of years now because I'm stepping back a little bit from the from the professional tour and I, I just want to focus the next two years more on my daughter. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And connecting the why, I love that, Blatto. Um, you know, especially when yes. dealing with with female players, if you if they'll run over hot coals, if you can connect the why, quite often. Um, I don't know. Yes, if you know, like that. you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I always say when I start with these young players, I always say, guys, I will be very unhappy, you know, if we end up the relationship. And you, you will not learn anything because I always say that you have to become the master. Now I'm the master, you're the student, but at the end of the cooperation, I would like you to be the master. I would like you to be less depending on me, you know? So this is, this is the real goal and should be the real goal of the coach because then, you know, like I said, I don't have to teach every day the same things. We can... If the player is learning, we can always move and improve something, you know, volleys, smash. But if I have to always develop the ground strokes, we are not moving anywhere because, you know, the player is just lazy to think or maybe, let's say, not not uh, committed, you know, enough to, to learn. And uh, and this is wrong because then you, you are not able to build the next stage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know that um, reading through your bio, you've, you know, qualified um, over 60 players from, from I mean, for me, qualies are the, is the greatest time to go to a Grand Slam. A, it's often free, but B, I love watching last round of qualifications where you see that hunger, that, that <laughs> real desire, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and obviously no. financially it's huge. Maybe some people don't even realise, you know. Exactly. How much, yeah. how much money it can set up a whole year. But, um, and I know, you know, you've qualified at least 15 players into Wimbledon. Could you maybe share three commonalities on, on you know, what are the most important things that you've seen? I know every ind individual player is different, but are there three sort of common things that have really helped them tip over the line into sort of reaching a Grand Slam first round? Any Anything you could share there? Well, you know, uh, like I said, you know, they, they had the possibility, they had the possibility to, first of all, uh, work professionally because a lot of, lot of young players, talented players, juniors, they don't get this chance, you know, and, the, and they just don't get the chance because they just don't find the money to work with a professional coach, with a, uh, let's say, uh, a known coach or respected coach. And, and this is the big difference that, you know, if you are traveling alone and, and, and you don't know what to improve and you get depressed as a young player. So this is the first thing, you know, they, they all had the chance to, you know, to, to work with the coach one-on-one, -on -one, uh, 340 days a year, you know, traveling uh, with the coach. And these are the little details that, you know, you improve and then obviously, you know, you go step by step. Like I said, I was taking player, let's say from 400 in the world, 17 years old, playing $25,000 tournaments. And when I started to play with this, uh, with this girl, you know, she was playing very slow. She was playing absolutely clay court tennis. There was no chance that we would succeed on hard courts. So imagine I made the plan to, to play tournaments seven months on clay courts. But in seven months, the girl improved from 400 to top 200. And during these seven months, I was pushing her to play faster, more intensity, improving the serve. So after seven, eight months, she was more or less ready to go and try to play on hard. So these are the little things. These are the little details where experienced coach can make a big difference in very short time, let's say, because seven months is not very long time. And like I said, uh, actually, this girl, after one year, she was top 100 already from 400 wow. so and 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 i did it uh, actually it's not 15 players i did it many times i mean you know i i did it with i think four or five players i held them to to move from 200 400 to to top 100 and qualify for grand slams and that's another advantage that uh you know i know a lot of players from the lower uh let's say um tournaments 25 50 thousands and then I also know the players from the top 100. So when I was working with a girl and the girl was starting to play better and moving towards the Grand Slam, it was easy for me to create tactics 
against the players that I already knew. So it was not new to me. Maybe it was new to them, but we were trying to find the right tactics to play the players, the better players, which she never played in her life. Also, uh, you know, we were watching uh, videos and trying to, to do the tactics and I was explaining to the, to the girls that they shouldn't be worried. You know, it's not such a big difference between a girl 200 and a girl in, uh, in deep in top 100. It's just, like I said, it's, it's two circles. And the one circle out of top 100 is playing for less money and most important for less points. So if you, if you want to move to top uh, 100, you have to win 10, 50,000 dollar tournaments, you know? So once you move to top 100, then you play for a lot of more points and, you know, you need three, three or four good tournaments to, to stay in top 100. So this is education outside tennis, uh, you know, giving the girl the confidence that they can play very big, very big, uh, uh, let's say, uh, plus, very positive was that I still play very good. So, you know, I was playing a lot of sparring with the girls. I could speed up the game. I could change up the game, play more spin, play more flat, serve kick, serve fast, serve curve. You know, whatever we needed, whoever we were playing or preparing for, I was able to, to let's say, prepare them well for, this, for these matches. And this is how you move quickly forward, you know. Mm -hmm. But like I said, most of the girls, they were very motivated. And this is what, what of course, is the most important, that, that they are very goal-driven. They have a goal. They have people around them, parents, coaches, managers. And they, this, is, this is very important that they get this support, you know, mm -hmm. because like I said, uh, even starting with me, I was completely lost. I was 18 years old. Actually, I played finals of Wimbledon in doubles, you know, in 1994, and I was playing very good in, in that tournament as a junior. But the moment I stepped on the center court, because we were lucky, we were moved on center court to play finals against Filipusis and Elwood. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't even look up. I, was, I, I got so shocked when I, when I came out on the center court. So these are the things that I'm trying to prepare the players. I'm trying to explain to them, don't look in, in, into the ground. You know, when you come on the big court, look up, breathe, you know, these kind of things. These are, these are little things which, which help the players, like I said, to move faster forward. And, and uh, like I said, not, not many talented players get this because a lot, of, a lot of federation, they don't work the right way, especially in the Eastern part of, 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 uh, of uh, the world. And, and uh, you know, the federation, they don't have enough money to support all the talent. They don't have enough coaches in some countries, you know, to support the talent. So it's not particularly like, you know, that actually the top 100 are the best players. You know, they are in the rankings, but I think there is a lot of potential talent outside top 100. It's just this, these kids, they don't get enough chances. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So many gems there about uh, possibility, motivated through, through goals. And I love... Yes. You know, you're speaking a lot about stability and giving them a direction, which I which I yes. love, and then put a team around them. So, at least five gold nuggets in in that one there. Um, the next area that I'd like to to talk about, I guess, you know, self belief. Do you think that that's because that's really what we're talking about as well, isn't it? Having that belief, having that confidence. How much of that is innate? In innate. And how much of that is, do you think the coach can really impact um, that self-belief? Yes. Yeah, like I told you, you know, you have to imagine that, like I said, I, the, the best two players I was coaching, they were young. They were 17 years old. They were both out of top 100, uh, out of 300. And, and you are absolutely right. They absolutely didn't have any confidence to play a top 100 player. But... You know, I don't blame them because obviously for every player, for every parent, for every coach, the top 100, it's like a magic, magic number, mag magic, magic stage in tennis. Because once you are there, you kind of made it. So there is a big respect about this. And I knew, I knew that, you know, I was 
trying to pick up players where, which I believe that they can get to top 100. And, and what they did after, I was just amazed. I was amazed because they were working so well. They were listening so well that especially one of those girls, she, she didn't have limits. She was 12 in the world playing semis of Roland Garros. She was really, she beat seven players from top 10 between her 18 and 19th birthday. And uh, there, was, there was a lot of good players at that time. There was Kim Kleisters, Justin Henan. Moresmo, Lina, uh, Safina, Bartoli, Petrova, Peneta. There was a lot of lot of good players in top ten, which actually stopped playing tennis from one day to another in 2010, 11, 12. So there was a lot of lot of possibilities was open, but I was not able to continue to work with the girl anymore. So, and she dropped. She dropped to 40, 50, 30. So it was really something that. Uh, was painful for me to watch because like i said she she was she was on the on the rise so fast and so good and she had weapons she could move so she could play uh, aggressive she could play defensive you know she was working well you know she was respecting me a lot you know we had very good relationship for three years so this was a little bit you know when you see this happening it's like you know and it was not because of me not because of her it was because of her dad, you know, we stopped and, 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 and that's kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of what, what I feel bad about that, you know, such a, such a, such a, uh, let's say girl with so big potential and, 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 and I think she didn't reach her potential because mm -hmm. of that. So mm -hmm. these, these are the, these are the sad stories, but in a way, you know, 12 in the world, it's, it's fantastic. You know, mm -hmm. many, many of them uh, are dreaming about this ranking, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, I was working towards uh, the self-belief. Yeah. I was, I was, I knew that, you know, sooner or later, uh, they will be able to play, let's say, good matches with the top 100 players. And then when they started to beat them, that's when they started to believe. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was always a step-by-step process uh, like i said first was the problem to play a top 100 player then it was a problem to pay, play a top 10 player you know you know some of this girl you know she played three matches against top 10 players later on and she was always losing three sets very close matches but for example i have seen that she got happy with the one set you know and then she was kind of losing in three sets because of that because she got too happy to get a set and after the third match she lost to Dementieva in Miami, very close match. I, I, I went a little bit harder on her and I said, listen, you know, if you can play so close matches with these girls, you can beat them. Mm -hmm. But you need, when you get into the third set, you shouldn't be happy to win the second or the first. When you get in the third set or in the second set, winning the first set, you need to play every ball 100%, you know? And, and that's where, you know, she got a little bit happy, lost one or two games because of that, lost focus. And the next tournament should be three players from top 10. You know, the next tournament after Miami in Amelia Island should be three players from top 10. And she got into the, her, her first uh, WTA finals with 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So these are the things, these are the talks. This happened to me also in Roland Garros, where the parents, they, you know, they never believed that she can reach top, top 100. They hoped, but they were like, please, please, we hope that she can make top 100 ranking. And you know, then I have seen this was a little bit the, the minus of the of the, the parents uh, and player relationship because every time she would play quarterfinals or she would beat some top player, they would get so happy, you know, too much happy. And then the next day she was not able to play because she was too happy with the previous win. And actually this happened in Roland Garros when she beat uh, Maria Sharapova. She beat her 6-love, six 6-2. Six and she was... She was actually up six love, five love, 40, 30. So she had a match point to beat Sharapova in the quarters, 0 and 0. And then in the evening, I was in my room and I was reading the newspaper in Slovakia, you know, on, online. And I have seen the article like, dream come true. And I'm so happy and this and that. And I was thinking all night, like, Jesus Christ, you know, like, I think she can beat the, the other girl. No, it was last 16, sorry. It was last 16. And then I was like, she can beat the, 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 the girl uh, the, in the next round and she got happy again, you know. 
Oh, sorry, I mixed up. I mixed up. This was before the match with Sharapova. Okay, mm -hmm. this was before the match with Sharapova. And so she beat the girl and she got, she got very happy to be in the quarters. And, you know, and I was thinking all night because I knew that Sharapova, she was after the surgery and she was, you know, like she was playing all the matches, three sets. And I, I knew that she can beat her. And then I was thinking like what to do, like to be again diplomatic and, you know, or, or, or try to convince her. So in the morning I said like, I don't want to, you know, just let's do the shock therapy. So in the morning I said like, you know, is the tournament finished for you? And she's like, why? No. I'm like, yeah, because I read in the newspapers that, you know, you are so happy and dream come true. But for me, dream come true is to be number one, win 100 times the Grand Slam, whatever. This is not the dream come true. It's just quarterfinals. You know, you have to, the, the tournament is finished by with the final match, not with the quarterfinal. You know, and, and, and I think you can beat Sharapova the next uh, next match because you're playing good. She's tired. She's this and that. She, she, she already played some close matches with her. So she started to cry, you know, and I was feeling bad because I made the girl cry, but she let all the emotions out. And then, you know, what happened? Almost six love, six love, she beat Sharapova. Then she got happy with the semis and lost in the semis. But, uh, but anyway, I knew that this is the step-by-step -step process that I need to go with this girl. Because, for example, in, in Australian Open, she lost in the fourth round. And it was her first time to play Grand Slam fourth round. And... It was my mistake. And I said after the match, like, uh, it's my mistake because, you know, on the day offs, you were not practicing 100% because you were complaining, complaining about the, the heat and you were saving energy. But it was my mistake because I was supposed to tell you that you need to play 30 minutes, but full, full, full power, full, full intensity. Because right now, in the, after, you know, four matches, you lost, uh, you lost rhythm because you were saving yourself in the practices and obviously, you know, it's not the right way, but it was my fault. I didn't, you know, teach you better. Or I, I was, I was too scared to push you. So it's a lesson also for me. I'm not perfect, you know? So this was, that's why, I mean, you know, this is very important that also the coach is self-critic, that the player is self-critic, you know, and we are working like team and, and we move forward like team and we win like team, we lose like team. And, and, but this I had, I had, I must say with, with, especially with this girl, it was fantastic three years, you know, uh, obviously a lot of good results. The only troubles we had with the, with the dad, but, uh, unfortunately, like I said, I never fought against, uh, any, any, any of the, the parents or, or, or people, family, especially family. I said, always family is number one for me, even, even for me, my dad, you know, he was how he was, but he's my dad, you know, he wanted the best for me. So I understand, I understand that, you know, sometimes the parents, they are pushing too much because they want the kid to succeed, you know, but then there is the professional coach who needs to show them the, the direction. But, you know, if the girl is 19 years old, 12 in the world, and the father is, you know, or the parents are not realistic and, and, and doing a lot of bad things to the coach and, and behaving bad to the coach, obviously, is very difficult because it's enough pressure already to be every day and bring the results every day and coach every day and and so on and so on so you know sometimes uh, this is this is the problem but uh, like i said i always try to do the best i could and 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 the results like i said they don't lie because the ranking in tennis is it is uh, very fair you you get you, you get where you get because you work hard or you work the right way because hard a lot of people work hard, but also you need to work the right way. That's mm -hmm. what I always say, because also this is one of my mottos that too much of every of everything is no good. You know, if you drink one Coke, you know, because your stomach hurts, it's good. If you drink two liters Coke every day, it's no good. You know, so like I said, if you party too much, it's no good. But if you don't party at all and you, you don't have uh, any joy of life, you know, sooner or later you are burned out. So... Mm -hmm. This is what I was trying to teach all the players, you know, to, to, to work, to have fun, you know, to have balance. And that's, that's how you get happy in life, in tennis court, outside the tennis court. And, and it was working. It, and it's working. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing special. You just need to be realistic and you need to live in the moment. You need to, you know, use everything you can in the moment. Uh, because like I said, sometimes you fall from, from, from the wave and it's very difficult to get back uh, on the wave, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
Thank it's you for bringing, bringing the wave, the wave into the uh, the coaching. I know, <laughs> I know. Australians like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're talking yeah. our language. It sounds like you really embrace the team and, and the parents. And and I, I share Yeah, that. of course. Without the parents, there is impossible to, yeah. to succeed, you know, because the parents, they give this genes and 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 education and and the sense of the hard work and and they're pushing and 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 let's mm. say even sponsoring their kids you know to to actually reach their goal so there is no way without parents but in one moment the parents they need to learn how to let go especially when the girl is reaching top 20 top 10 rankings and and you're working with the coach for three four years jesus christ it's not a coincidence you know yeah, it's yeah. not like uh, you know you see Unfortunately, in the world of tennis, you see the coaches, they're migrating. It's not always their, their fault. But like I said, for me, the coach who is taking junior players or young players to top 100, for me, I have much more respect than some coaches who, are, who never actually develop the player. I'm sorry, but they are moving from one player to another on the, on the top lap, yeah. you know, yeah. because obviously it's difficult. You have to be a good psychologist it's it's more like a motivator it's not anymore coach you know because they're especially the top players they are done they are, they, they are not even they are not willing to improve there is so little players who are willing to to do some changes to their game or improvements because they are very stuck and very much you know scared to change any of the the things because they are scared they're gonna lose their game mm -hmm. so 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 it's more like a motivator there the coach mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i really like for me like i said there is number one is richard williams because this guy did it from zero to one two times and we all should learn from him <laughs> yeah yeah what, what who's been the biggest coach mentor in your life well that's what i wanted to say that you know we had this good program in in czechoslovakia and and it was kind of fair because you know we were you must you must understand that you know, they took the top five from every age, top five players from every age since we were 13 years old. And then we would, they would put us in, in a camp together. So it was 10 players, five 13 years old and five uh, 14 years old, you know? So it was 10, uh, 10 boys. And it was very fair because we had to do everybody the same thing. And it was kind of, everything was from the books and, and it was a good system. But um, one of my first coaches when I was eight years old, uh, he was he was fantastic uh, man. He was older man, and 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 he was very realistic. He was always tough on us when we were not doing the things that we were supposed to do. He was always nice when he saw that we are struggling. So he was very empathic, and I think I got this a little bit from him that that I know when to push a little bit and when to relax and and make fun. This is very important to to really like like I said to feel the player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fantastic, yep. If we can take a little bit of uh, you know a, a role model or maybe one thing in this interview that you Hello? said and add it to our our coaching toolkit. Yeah, I didn't hear you now. Sorry. That's okay. I was just uh, saying, uh, yeah. Thank you for um, sharing that because if we can take one thing that you've said, as you have from from that mentor and add it to our own coaching toolkit um then it's going to head us in the right direction uh all right one last um question let's go with uh the word of talent and potential um do you like both of those words or do you do you don't really believe in them and if and what's that one thing that you look for in a player who's say 400 what's that maybe one or two qualities that you're looking for to you know if if you think you can get them inside 100 well, like I said, you know, the biggest talent, the biggest talent uh, for me is the will. will. The will is the biggest talent because, you know, I'm, I don't think that Maria Sharapova was the biggest talent, you know, with her strokes, with feeling of the ball. You know, I don't think, uh, you know, a couple of the top players even now in top 10, they're like the biggest talents, but they're, they have the will. They have the will. They're hard workers, and they are willing to improve. And and uh, this is the the number one talent for me. It's not the feeling of the ball. It's not uh, the technique. It's you know, it's the will. Because when you have the will, you can learn anything you want. 
you can learn anything you want. And I had talented players. I had not talented players. And those ones who had the will, they reached their best uh, rankings. Like I said, top 20 in the world because they were willing to listen and they were willing to work hard. You know, they were respecting the coach. So this is the most important. They need to be also open-minded, you know, because obviously, you know, if you want to do it your way and you are not experienced and you are just uh, contradicting the coach all the time, uh, it's very difficult to move forward. And these girls, they were, they were ready. And I always said, like, I like questions. I don't like to be a dictator. So I like, you know, to discuss. I like to watch the video. I like to know the opinion because sooner, you know, I know their opinion, sooner I can understand them, mm-hmm. you know, because if they don't talk or they only against everything the coach says, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. They're uncoachable. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's a problem-solving game, isn't it? So giving them A, B, well, it's, C. It's a AC. game, you know, it's a yeah. game. You just have to ask the kids, like, guys, mm-hmm. it's a game and game needs to be played. But yeah. if you want to play, you need to have the options. More options mm-hmm. you have, more chances you have to win the game. So it's like chess. Imagine you you play chess, but you only have 0.5 seconds to make the the, the yeah. choice. It's, it's Tennis is the same. You have 0.5 seconds, the ball is coming to you, and you need to make the choice. And you can play forehand cross-court, forehand down the line, forehand spin cross-court, forehand spin down the line. You can play drop shot cross-court, drop shot down the line. You can play flat. So you have... 20 options for every shot and you need to make the right choice in 0.5 seconds. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the education, you know, because like you said, there is talent. Roger Federer knows what is going to happen in the next two, two shots before he hits the ball. But I think Rafa Nadal, he, he, he was learning this. Or Djokovic, you know. Djokovic is a, is a, is a, is a hard worker, you know, and, and these are the things Ivan Ishevich said it. You know, he, I don't want to mention names. He was coaching a player, top 10 player before, top 20 player before. And he said, whatever I say, it's no. Whatever I say to Dioko, yes, he tries. Mm-hmm. This is the difference. Don't be scared to try. It's practice. Mm-hmm. The worst thing, the worst thing is happening. You don't feel a couple of shots. You say, oh, it's not working, you know, but you have to try because if you don't try, you don't know. And good players, they can learn in, in, in one hour. They, they can, oh, I feel it. This is a good, this is, this is good. This is improving my game. Short and swing, uh, early preparation, read the toes on the serve and so on and so on. So these are the things that is, it's, it's education. It's, it's a high school of tennis. It's university of tennis. You want to learn and then you have a good chance to improve and have no limits later in your tennis career. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to learn, you can become still a decent tennis player, top 30, top 20, but there are limits in your game. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I want. I want the player to be complete. I'm not changing the strategy of the player because I know if the player doesn't have the explosivity which is needed to play aggressive, you can play more defensive, but still you can be a Grand Slam winner like uh, Simona Hallett. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She yeah. doesn't have the big shots. So she made a, a, a choice. She's playing the, the, the right way. Uh, she is moving good. She's playing more defensive. She's win, but you have the same with Kerber. I don't think that Kerber is particularly talented as well, but she's winning Grand Slams because she's disciplined. Wozniacki, I don't think at all the girl is talented, but she has will, and she had will, and she had, she was she, she was listening to the to the dad, which has, uh, you know, he was a professional soccer player. He has the 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 education of of sports of biomechanics and so on and so on because I don't think it's so difficult you know it's it's biomechanics it's it's physics you know you you know it's difficult to play a good shot if you're leaning back or left or right or if you are out of balance so if you learn the right things you know you have good chance to to, to win grand slams and to be one of the top players in the world but again you have to be either willing to listen to your coach or the best way to learn about the sport mm-hmm. become the master hey Become the master. Yes, I like it. I like it. And uh, I, I have to ask you a quick: uh, who, who should we put our money on for the Wimbledon women's singles crown? Ooh. If you would ask me, man, I would tell you Djokovic. 
in the ladies, it's you know you see now it's it's up and down. But if Ashley Barty stay healthy, I I would put everything on Ashley. Uh, now you now you're really uh, <laughs> making no, but it's it's, it's not a secret. It's not it's not a yeah. secret. This girl has everything. Yeah, like you said, yeah. she became a master of the sport. Yeah, she has everything. She has the fastball. She has the slice. She has the changing rhythm. She mm -hmm. she moves well. She reads the game well. So, I mean, she has everything. She is the full package. So. Yeah. So obviously, you know, if you are a good coach, you have to go with this one. Yeah, and a great attitude to go along with it. Well, we yeah, yeah, yeah. your daughter. Um, what's your daughter's name? Ella. 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 Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, right. Well, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure chatting with you. Um, you've got a wealth. Yeah, thank of, you. Wealth. Thank of you for the chance. Thank you. I love it. I love to talk about tennis. You know. Yeah. Obviously. You know, like I said, I was so focused on my on my job. You know, I was giving everything to to my players. I was not doing too much of uh, you know talking into the podcast or or, mm -hmm. or other things. You know, the, but uh, but this is this is also something new for me. And I think uh, you know, after the twenty years I spent on the tour as a coach, is also good for maybe some coaches, some players. You know, to also get my view and my experience and maybe learn out of it, you know, because nobody gets younger and I would like to share, you know, so 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 we see much more Bartis and Djokovic on, 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 on the tour because it's really a pleasure to watch them. Absolutely. Vlado you know? Platonic, how did I go? Did I say it right? No. Perfect. 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 Yes. <laughs> See, every day is an opportunity to learn and get better exactly. and grow and have the will to do it. Um, exactly. We appreciate your time and uh, all your details of how people can get in contact with you will be in the show notes. So check out uh, Vlado, more of Vlado's content. Um, thank you so much for sharing and I hope you continue to share because we can all learn from yes. each other. So take care. That's my goal. That's my goal. Thank Bye. you. All right. All the Bye. best. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks bye for bye. your time too. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. The Coaching Podcast was brought to you by Emma Doyle and Simon Blair. Emma Doyle is a global speaker and performance coach helping unleash human potential. Her website is emmadoyle.com.au. And I'm Simon Blair, trainer, assessor, and coach of sales and customer service skills with my own company, Five Degrees. Connect with me on LinkedIn or email me at simon.blair at 5degrees, that's F-I-V-E-D-E-G-R-E-E-S dot -E -E com dot A-U. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to give it a rating and a review on your podcast listening device.